T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Hour number two here, Sports Radio, WEEI. It's Christian Arkian. It's Kyrie Thompson. Also, remember, you can listen to WEEI on your smart speaker. Just say, play 93.7 WEEI, and you'll get a Boston Sports original all throughout your house. I, the smart speakers, I don't have the uh, the ones that you, like, talk to, but I do have the, um, oh, I don't even remember what it's called now. <laughs> I forget what the one I have is called, but it's amazing. It's, uh, you can hear it all throughout the house, just this one little speaker. You can hear it everywhere. That's really nice. I got one of the Bose ones, so I can ask it to Sonos, play. that's what I yeah, mean. Sonos. Sonos, yeah, I was just about to say. Yeah, that so thing I, is amazing. That's Yeah, I've heard good things about those. Yeah, I've got a Bose one, so it does play WEEI. For a little while, I had uh, one of those uh, uh, Google Homes, um, which, I don't know, it just kind of went haywire on us for a little while mm-hmm. there. So uh, I don't have that at my disposal. But uh, if you do, you should play WEEI at your house. We, got, we got an Alexa in the bedroom and a Google in the living room, and it gets very confusing. I bet it does. <laughs> I bet it does. But, you you know, whichever one you are, play it. You can be a complete geek and, uh, and uh, program the Google to answer to computer, like Jean-Luc Picard of the Enterprise. Oh, cool. And I do that. I'm sorry. That's not bad. I'll stop talking, though. Okay. <laughs> Jackson, ladies and gentlemen. Um, it's Christian Ark and uh, Kyrie Thompson here. We said uh, before the break, we're going to talk about some possible playoff scenarios here uh, for the Patriots, for the Dolphins, for the New York Jets. Um, there's a uh, there's a sort of growing fear, I think, and I'm I'm starting to uh, to buy into it a little bit too. I was listening to Damian Woody. He was talking with Mad Dog on uh, ESPN today. And he thinks the Jets are going to lock up the final AFC playoff spot. And his reasoning for it was that the Jets have the best defense. And they're playing Seattle and Miami, and uh, Miami with Teddy Bridgewater probably, and that their defense could be good enough to shut down Geno Smith. Now, whoever's playing quarterback is still kind of up in the air. I think White's uh, cleared to play, but they're not 100% sure if he can go or not. Uh, the uh, The whole thing there with the Jets, I think, is uh, is interesting. They have the easiest road going forward and I also think that with no Tua for the Dolphins you know Teddy Bridgewater expecting him to win both of those games although I think maybe they just have to split uh is uh is sort of asking a lot I think the Jets may have a better chance than maybe people around here giving them credit for like I think the Jets could actually do this I think they can. I mean, Mike White is still you're kind of wondering when the other shoe is going to drop because yeah. I mean that's a backup quarterback and, and I mean it feels like it inevitably happens where they finally have a bad game. Like, I think people are waiting for Brock Purdy to have finally have a bad game. And maybe it might not happen until the playoffs. You have no idea. But I think when you look at the way the Jets are are situated, I think the Seahawks are... The Seahawks and, and Miami... Both are, road games, by the way. Yes. Yeah. 
That's a more beatable combination because you can say defense travels. It's a more more debatable or, or more beatable com, uh, combination than the Patriots have, which with the Dolphins and the Bills, whom I'm starting to think more and more, unless unless the Chiefs drop this game against the Broncos, which I don't think we should be counting on. I think the Bills are going to be playing. They're going to be playing for real in Week 18, and if they do that, I mean, some people are like, oh yeah, maybe they'll only play a half. If if the number one seed in in the AFC is at stake, they are not playing for just a half. They are going to play the whole game because they are going to want to win. So I think that right now the outlook is not as good for the Patriots because of that ending game. I think Buffalo that plays. game almost eliminates them from possible. You know what I mean? Like obviously they're still in contention, and mathematically, if they win the game, they're going to be in. But I think the fact that that's who they're playing and they're playing in Buffalo is just, I mean, that's asking a lot. You know, you're going to have to have Josh Allen get hurt and Stephon Diggs get hurt. You're going to have to have uh, all sorts of things happen like is happening with Miami right now yeah, see, that's for that a, to be a favorable matchup for the Patriots. Yeah, see, that's the thing. You can't hope for the the, the Bills to play badly enough or something like that. Yeah. For, to lose. They, are, they are too good for you. You have to actually hope that somebody gets hurt. That's um, how it is. The Dolphins have the Patriots, obviously, on Sunday, and then they play the Jets on the 8th. Uh, that game is in Miami. What are the Dolphins' chances of uh, taking that last spot? Do you think? I just I, they've I, lost four in a row. Mind I think you. they're probably done for. Yeah. I mean, especially and I mean, look, people say Tua hasn't been playing well. I get it, right? But Teddy Bridgewater, that's he, he's a backup for a reason. Okay, so I don't see them winning enough to get into the playoffs. I would probably give the bets. I, I would probably give the Jets a better opportunity as well. Assuming Mike White is able to play, and I feel like it's weird because I'm just I, I'm talking. Oh yeah, you know, one backup quarterback's not good enough, and the other one is. But the one backup quarterback is playing with a defense that just isn't allowing many people to do anything. So I I think that I would give the Jets the if you're talking about a, a backup a, a battle of the backup quarterbacks, I'm taking the the Jets over the Dolphins just because I think the Jets have a better defense. Yeah, I think the Jets have the best defense out of those three teams. The Patriots' defense is good. We sort of compared them earlier. Like, the Patriots' defense is very good this year, but it's not as good as the Jets. They don't have a corner as good as Gardner. Um, The Jets have playmakers at all three levels. I think the Patriots are very sort of top-heavy at the front there um, on the edge. But that's, you know, that's not to say that their linebackers are bad or that the corners and safeties are bad. They're just probably not as good as the Jets. That's all. The Jets are mostly lottery picks at those positions. Yeah, and Mike White has just he's had some good games man yeah i mean he i mean okay he thrashed the bears they're the bears, one and bears two are, when he starts bears right? are terrible um vikings hit them up for 369 yards i mean obviously he had two picks in that game that's a little tougher gutted it out against the bills for you know 268 while he basically on his deathbed and he was still out there playing put up almost 300 yards and and keeping them in that one i mean that's that's tough i mean he's a, he's a tough guy i think that he's he's solid so I I don't know, man. I, I just feel like for whatever reason, for, for reasons that I cannot wholly justify, I just feel better about the Jets with Mike White than I do the Dolphins with, with Teddy. And that's even saying, though, that the, the offense is better for Miami. Yeah. Yeah, you're right about that. Uh, the Miami offense is better, but their defense is, uh, the three of them, the they softest can be by far. Yes, they They're can kind be of had. a doughy, soft defense, and especially if Chubb's not playing this weekend. Um, and they have somebody else who's not playing either in their defense. I forget who. But like that's or who's been uh, out for a couple of practices now. Either way, it's a real sort of thinking about it. Like looking down the final stretch, obviously you have to play who's on the schedule, but just considering how things were not even – 
two weeks ago and what we were saying about the Jets and they're finished and they're just completely uh, overmatched and there's no way that uh, that Zach Wilson or any of these quarterbacks are going to take him anywhere. Now I have to think between those three teams, the Patriots, Jets, and the Dolphins, I look at those three teams for that last wild card and I got to say, I think I agree with Damian Woody. I think the Jets are the most likely to uh, to get it just based on who they're playing, who they have out there, and uh, what has or hasn't happened to their team. Now, it would have been the Dolphins, obviously, if Tua was still playing. Yeah. The yeah. Patriots haven't had any real, like, Mac was out for four games in the middle of the year and Zappy played, but they didn't have a legitimate quarterback controversy. They didn't have Mac get benched for a game. He was benched in that Bears game, but, you know, according to Bill, he was going to bench him anyway after uh, after a quarter or so. So, you know, that, that <laughs> one's still plausible deniability. I don't believe him either, but that's plausible yeah. deniability. And, uh, I mean, really, like, the Patriots haven't had that much upheaval. They haven't really had anything. Both no. the Dolphins and the Jets have. And they're Jets poised to to snatch that last playoff spot. And I just feel like, you know, and, and, and it's almost worse from that perspective, right? Because mm. Mac Jones for, I mean, they've, they've ridden with Mac Jones for better or worse. And I feel like, I don't know if that's a tacit acknowledgement that, look, we know that this whole situation is messed up. It's not all his fault. He still gives us the best chance to win or, or what have you. But the offense still hasn't gotten better. That that's the thing. This this operation still looks terrible, even even with Mac Jones having some time to you know shake off the rust and and you know get healthy or whatever. He hasn't missed any more time due to injury. It's still ugly, and so like to me that it it just makes me hard. It just makes it hard for me to have any faith in them that they are going to pull out of this somehow. Look, the Dolphins have a defense that. They should be able to to score you know seventeen points or whatever mm-hmm. against. And then it's just a matter of can you stop the Dolphins from scoring that much? Are you capable of doing that? I mean, with Teddy Bridgewater, maybe it's just, it's a wild card. But when, but once you get to the next week, say, even if you win, even if you win against the Dolphins, what can you honestly say you're going to do against the Bills? What do you, what are you going to do? I I don't see it. Make them punt. Once or twice, maybe I don't know. Hey, they made them punt. What they made them punt? <laughs> they twice punted. In, yeah, in it took it not till the game. second half. I don't think, but yeah, yeah they did eventually punt. They got to take. Yeah, they got to take away on them too. They got a strip sack on on Josh Allen. That's true. So, hey, if you're not going to make them punt, at least take the ball away. My goodness. Speaking of the Buffalo Bills, the Athletic had a piece about uh, the quarterback room oh, over yeah. there. Uh, this is uh, Kaylin Collar, I think her name is, and uh, she had this. It was uh, it's it's an article mostly about the quarterbacks there, Barkley and um, I forget who the other one is, but it doesn't really matter who it is. Case because Keenum, did you Case read? Keenum, did you right. read the story about Case Keenum? Uh, and which the story? About him? Yes, yes, I did. That's excellent. That was pretty funny. Um, the uh, part I want to emphasize here, though, involves uh, Josh Allen and these uh, and these other guys trying to recruit Von Miller to come to Buffalo, and uh, this is where. It gets sort of interesting, I think, especially considering who's still alive right now and uh, fighting for that last wild card spot. Josh Allen was golfing in Newport, California with his old pal Barkley, who had been his backup in uh, 2018, 19, and 20, when Bill's GM, Brandon Bean, called. He asked his quarterback if he could give Von Miller a call because the Bills were trying to recruit him to Buffalo. I said, all right. I need you to sign, uh, Matt Allen said, and he said, okay, I'll see what I can do. So, you know, you sign my backup friend, and I'll, I'll try and get Von Miller to come, uh, come to the uh, team. Together in the golf cart, Allen and Barkley held up their end of the bargain. I think Von was a couple numbers, so we tried to figure out which one to call. I kept getting a dead ringtone. When they finally got to him, Barkley says Allen also sent Miller a three-line text message that read, Zach Wilson, Tua Tagovailoa, Mac Jones. That was the text. You get to play these guys six times a year, Barkley said. Have at it. Why would you not want to come? I don't know if that sold him or not, 
but it was a heavy pitch. <laughs> well, it worked. <laughs> it worked. Von Miller said, "You know what? Yeah, those three guys. Yeah, I'm gonna. I might retire. I might. I will have so many. I will break the season single sack record. Off right, these guys. He's in the top twenty all time right now. He's the only active player that is." And uh, he probably saw that and thought, you know what, you know what, Josh, you're you're onto something there, my friend. I think I'm going to come to Buffalo because he came to Buffalo. He, came- he played for that. No one ever plays signs with the Bills. Like that's that, especially a guy like him. I mean, you know, there's trades sometimes. And- well, that's the thing when you got when you got a Josh Allen, yeah. guys will decide they want to come play in Buffalo. It's true. It's true. Um, <laughs> Mac Jones. That was like the cherry on the I, I mean, I mean ser- like, seriously, yeah. like just think, just <laughs> think about Mac Jones. He's not getting away from you ever. Mm-hmm. It's like you will have so many opportunities to sack that guy. The uh, irony Z- of that it, is, it's like Zach, Zach Wilson will run around right into your arms. <laughs> yes, he will. You won't even have to do anything. The irony here is that uh, Von Miller got beat by both Zach Wilson and Tua this year, not by Mac Jones. Uh, Mac Jones is the only quarterback on that list that hasn't beaten Buffalo this year. And when I say beat Buffalo, I realize Zach Wilson didn't have a whole hell of a lot to do with it. Yeah, it was like like one fifty four <laughs> in a touchdown. He did have a touchdown though, and Josh Allen one didn't. Allen had two interceptions, so yes, uh, he outplayed Allen in that game. Yeah, Zach Wilson did not have an interception in that game. That was the highlight of Zach Wilson's season, I think, was I that mean, game. I, I would mean, imagine. You're right. I, I mean, one hundred and fifty yards. I I would say. He outplayed Josh Allen. I would say more like the Jets' defense outplayed Josh Allen because sure. I'm giving Zach Wilson no credit for that. Yeah, Buffalo's defense isn't that bad either. Uh, let's yeah. go to uh, Wes Roxbury. Talk to John. He's got a thought on Derek Carr. Hi, John. Oh, hi, guys. Hi, John. Um, I think his cap hit, I like him, but, I mean, Belichick would never take. His cap hits like $19 million, right? I don't think, I think it is. I think his cap hits very low, actually. Um, but I'll, I'll double check that for you, John. Is that the only thing that would stop you? Is the cap it? Well, I mean, I just checked on. It said seventeen million base cap hit nineteen million. Okay. What is I mean, what does Matt Jones make this year? Million bucks, million and a half. You know, two million. It's it's a small number. And think of the money that he spent on quarterbacks since Brady left. He spent nothing. I mean, if, yeah. he. I I really think that plays into it. He's mm-hmm. not going to spend the money on a guy, but. You know, if Tua and Mac were drafted in the same, if he had Tua and Mac, a choice between the two in the same draft year, do you think he'd still take Mac or he'd take Tua? I'd say he'd still take Mac. He wouldn't even he wouldn't take Tua. Um, yeah, well, I mean, Tua was was he the second overall pick? Like that, I think it was he was fifth, I believe. Yes, he was a, he was he was a top five pick. Okay, yeah, was he the second quarterback that went? I believe so. I gotta, I gotta remember no, I where go where that look. went because Burrow. I thought it was two and yeah, yeah. It was. I think it was because wait, was Burrow? No, that yeah, it was Burrow, right? Burrow. Yeah, it was twenty twenty. Yeah, twenty twenty. Twenty nineteen was Kyler Murray. Twenty twenty. Twenty twenty was Joe Burrow. Uh, and Burrow, Burrow two was fifth. Yep. Yeah, Tua, and then Justin Herbert. Herbert was number six. six. Yeah. Um. Real, real quick before before we hop off to break though, uh, cap number for Mac Jones four point two million. Mm-hmm. Four point two five million. Derek Carr for. And, and that's for 2023, by the way. Let's use 2023. So $4.25 million for Mac Jones next year, cap hit-wise. 2023 for Derek Carr, $34.875 million. There Damn. you go. Okay. Yeah, so that, that, is, that is hefty difference. Yeah, that is, a, that is an awful lot. His dead cap's not that high. His dead cap's like right. 5.6, yeah, yeah, exactly. but like the yearly cow, all that stuff, is, a, is the cap hits a lot for sure. Uh, 617-779-7937 is the phone number. When we come back, we'll talk with Tommy Curran, NBC Sports Boston. That's coming up next. Now, here's what's trending on WEEI.
The Celtics host the Clippers tonight. Tip-off is at 7.30. Jalen Mills, Adrian Phillips, Marcus Jones, Davian Harris, and Jack Jones all missed practice today as the Patriots prepare for the Dolphins on New Year's Day. Thursday night football tonight is between the Titans and the Cowboys. Derek Henry and Tony Pollard are out. Joshua Dobbs is starting over Malik Willis for the Titans. You can hear that game right here on WEI with coverage starting at 7.30. And that is what's trending on WEI and WEI.com. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. We're back. It's Arcand and Kyrie on WEEI. Download the Odyssey app and listen on demand anytime. We are very focused on this game. We've been focused on every game we, we've we've played here this year and last year. So, uh, you know, like I said, these are it's kind of that time of the year when things come up and things pop up. Um, I haven't spoken to anybody in New England since probably last April, when 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 I went by and saw those guys when I was up there. So, um, you know, I wish them well in their last however many games they have left. Uh, but you know, we're very focused on 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 this game and and focused on coaching this team to the best of our ability. It's the pride of Dorchester there, Billy O'Brien, offensive coordinator for the Alabama Crimson Tide, as they got the Sugar Bowl coming up uh, day after tomorrow, I believe. And uh, what you heard there was him poo-pooing the idea that he's been in contact with the Patriots or that he's thinking about the Patriots or that he even knows who the Patriots are. I haven't talked to anybody with the Patriots since April. Which is fine, but I'm sure his agent's been talking to somebody at the Patriots uh, between April and today. Otherwise, uh, there wouldn't be so much smoke with all of this. Did you read into his comments at all, uh, Kyrie? Do you think that there's any reason why we should think he's not up for this job or doesn't want to come? I mean, I no. I think that, yeah, maybe he hasn't talked to the Patriots now. Um, and, and maybe he, you know, as Bill Belichick said, like he hadn't talked to the Bill, Bill, Bill O'Brien in a little while. So, yeah, maybe there was really no contact, but that doesn't ma- that doesn't mean at all to me that he would not be interested in coming here, that the Patriots wouldn't want him. I just don't think those discussions have happened, because if you believe some of the reports out there, it's that these discussions weren't going to go anywhere while he was under contract with Alabama. 
And he kind of just had this idea, whether he communicated it directly to Nick Saban or what have you, that, look, I am playing out the string here at Alabama both years of my contract. I'm not trying to jump ship. I'm going to stay here throughout. And so from that standpoint, why would he entertain any of those discussions? But that contract is about to be up. He is about to be a coaching free agent. And so I think that that option is absolutely going to be on the table as well as others. Um, Burt Breer today in the MMQB said that both the Tennessee Titans and the Las Vegas Raiders could be potential options for O'Brien if he leaves his post at Alabama. Tennessee 30th in the NFL in yards per game. Uh, Todd Downing very likely on the hot seat. Titans uh, Vrabel is close with O'Brien. They overlapped a couple years in New England 07 and uh, 08. Uh, his understanding is also that the Raiders would have interest in O'Brien based on the relationship he had with Josh McDaniels, who was yes. the Patriots offensive coordinator during O'Brien's first two years in New England. Then Josh went off to Denver, and then I think St. Louis after that. And uh, while he was there, that was when uh, O'Brien took over as offensive coordinator. Right, in 2011, yep. Um, it may not be O'Brien, or it may not be New England or bust for O'Brien at Breer Road. We sort of discussed this yesterday. Like, why necessarily would... O'Brien want to come here and I hadn't even really thought of the other teams in the NFL that may be interested in him but you know you sort of look at it and think yeah there's there's some other teams out there that don't have their McVay disciple or their uh, Shanahan disciple and they might like an old school kind of guy who's had some success in the league and was just you know coaching in Alabama Um, I think both of those could be absolutely attractive landing spots for O'Brien not to mention the fact does he want to come over here and be under Bill Belichick's thumb again and I think it's interesting, right, because those are those are two kind of Belichickian connections right there. Obviously, the Josh McDaniels one is obvious because, I mean, they both coached here and, mm-hmm. and what have you. But then, you know, Tennessee, you, know, you can work for Mike, Va- Mike Vrabel, right, who's also um, – I, I have to check and see if he was on the team at that time when Bill O'Brien was here. I think he probably was. Um, and so – that's another piece of familiarity. Look, we know each other. You know, you go ahead, get your legs under you in the NFL again. Easy, soft landing spot. Let's see what you can do. And, hey, if it works out, then we can turn this maybe into a head coaching opportunity for you down the line. You know, because you're, pro- you're probably going to come up in the league again if you do well at this, at this position. So I, I, I wonder if – see, I wonder about that. Because with McDaniels, you got to think about that. Is McDaniels going to turn the play calling over to Bill O'Brien, or is he going to keep doing it himself? Because I feel like that's part of the draw. Yeah, right for for McDaniels is that he gets to do he gets to be you know Sean McVay you know in his own right that he gets to call plays, be the head coach, and do all that stuff. Right, and right now he has an underling as his offensive coordinator. Basically, O'Brien would be less of an underling and more of a contemporary. You know, like right. I think there's, and that may be what O'Brien's looking for. Maybe he doesn't want to just come be Bill's underling again. He has a more working professional relationship, maybe with Rabel or with McDaniel's, and considers them more of a peer as opposed to his boss. And maybe they look at him that way too. And that's how he wants to be sort of looked at in his next stop. You know, like I could see that being a, a factor for him. Sure. Yeah, I think it's it's a matter of what the responsibilities would be, though, because right. I feel like Vrabel would definitely just be like, OK, Bill, you run, you know, Bill O'Brien run the offense with McDaniels. Who knows? Does McDaniels want to keep running the offense? Is he going to cede some of it to Bill O'Brien? I feel like that's a bit more of an open question, even if they're a little bit more like peer to peer relationship with with Bill Belichick. Yeah. You know, you come here and, you know, quote unquote, under under Bill's thumb and, and, and you're in his shadow. But most likely, he's going to give you the offense, and he's going to be like, okay, you do your thing. That's what he did with Josh McDaniels. The offense was his, right? He was the head coach of the offense. And so I think that 
that would I feel like that's probably the arrangement he would have here if if he came here. Yeah. Would he keep that arrangement with Mac Jones? I'd say this, no matter where he goes, whether Bill O'Brien goes to the Titans, to the Raiders, or to the Patriots, the first thing he's probably asking when he gets there is, "So what's up with the quarterback? <laughs> like, what are yes. we, what are we doing here?" Because well, I mean, you're probably not- in Vegas at Stidham, in uh, Tennessee, who the hell knows? Josh Dobbs right now, and uh, the Patriots. It's certainly not any sure thing uh, with Mac Jones the way he's played this year. Well, no, he. I mean, he's not taking. He's probably not taking a job with a bad quarterback. Yeah. Right. Because again, that is that's a coach killer. Right, you think about that, right? That's the cushy thing about being at Alabama, right? Is that you get to work with all these really good skill players, and this right. year gets to work with Bryce Young, who is awesome. He's probably the best quarterback coming out. Don't care if he's small, what have you. He's probably the best one of the like the actual best quarterback coming out this year, and and so you get to work with that. When you're coming into the league, and we talked about it at at the top of the show. There's a lot of bad quarterback play in this league. A lot of average to bad. So I feel like if you're going to have you know, the, the pick and choice of your job, you're going to want to go someplace where you've got the best quarterback available. I can't imagine he's just going to take a job with somebody who's terrible or somebody he doesn't have any faith in. Yeah, or maybe a place where there's no quarterback at all like Tennessee right now. So it uh, could be something along those lines. Anyway, here to clear that up and uh, discuss more of the Patriots matchup with the Miami Dolphins, Tommy Curran, NBC Sports Boston, is brought to us by Matthew Lapresti at Leonard Hair Transplant Associates, the hair doctor of Tommy Curran, 1-800-GET-HAIR, also by Awaken 180 Weight Loss. Become your own success story by dropping the weight, holding you back. It starts with just one call to Awaken 180 and by Unified Office, where they help businesses maximize every incoming call at unifiedoffice.com. Tommy Curran joining us here on the Harbor One Hotline. Tommy, um, let's go ahead and start right with the Bill O'Brien stuff. You've been all over this from uh, basically the jump. Why would Bill O'Brien choose to come to New England if, as uh, has been reported elsewhere, uh, Vegas, Tennessee, other teams may be interested? Level of comfort, opportunity to work with people that he's comfortable with, um, proximity to family. He's obviously from this area. Uh, I think Mac Jones is a good player. I don't think he's a great player. I think he's somebody you can definitely work with. Uh, all those reasons are compelling reasons, especially the family reasons. And so with that, Tom, I mean, let's go ahead and talk about the quarterback again because there's been a bunch of discussion now with you know some of the quarterback carousel issues coming up. You know, Derek Carr would they trade Derek Carr for Mac Jones or what have you? If you're look if you're looking at this in your Bill O'Brien, would would the would that have an impact to you? It's like okay, are we keeping Mac Jones or are we not? Do you think he would want to specifically work with Mac Jones or is he just trying to find I don't know the, the best quarterback available to work with? No, I think that, you know, the reasons I just listed, none of those said going to find the best quarterback. So, to me, it's it's family situation. He's got, mm-hmm. uh, right now, his family's divided. He's been in Alabama. Um, his son has, uh, you know, had some pretty well-documented difficulties mm-hmm. health-wise yeah. over the course of time. And there's, a, I believe, a strong desire to, to reunite, make sure that the family unit is back in the position they need it to be in. So that's the most compelling thing. As for Mac Jones, I don't think that Bill O'Brien's going to look at Mac Jones and say, oh, my God, I can't work with that guy. I mean, this, this is a, the most expressly one-off year that you could ever possibly imagine. He went without coaching virtually on the offensive side of the ball. So I don't, I don't know who you would have plugged in here this year yeah. with that kind of game planning and play design who would have had a better year. 
Tommy, uh, Bill O'Brien, if he were to come here, do you think that there would be some sort of stipulations attached to it in terms of his future beyond uh, beyond maybe what happens with Bill Belichick? I Honestly, I could not even begin to pretend that I knew. Would that be I something know- you think he'd ask for? I can't even begin to pretend to know. Honestly, Christian, I, that's like a full hypothetical. Mm-hmm. So if I say yes, then it turns into, you know, he wants stipulations. It's, I just don't know. So I'm going to try and be as, you know, speculation-free because things do get repurposed quickly. And he just, I, I could not say that he would want stipulations of anything. I think if Bill Belichick would want continuity. Um, in the offensive coordinator position, in any of the coordinator positions, it's what he prefers. And I think that had a lot to do with, you know, the decisions made to just say, all right, well, these guys are going to be here. At least I know that. I'm not going to go beat the bushes. Somebody might be here for 15 minutes. But I don't know if Bill's in a position right now to vet somebody based upon how long they're going to stay, given the way it went when he made that a big stipulation last year. Tom, um, you mentioned on Up and Adams today with uh, Kay Adams, who's on Quickslands with you all the time, uh, mentioned that uh, you didn't see any scenario really where where Bill Belichick is going to step down. He has no intention of doing so. We've seen a couple of people suggest that maybe the the ending of this year or the the way things have gone this year have put his future into doubt whether he wants to leave or not. Is there any scenario to you? Where the last couple of games of this season could have any any long lasting bearing on whether or not he gets to finish his career in New England. Of course, they lose seventy three to nothing. All 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 bets are off. <laughs> but again, it's, it's hypotheticals. I mean, I, yeah, could anything happen that would make Bill Belichick look so bad that he either say I can't do this anymore? I mean, do you do you remember how Don Shula's final game went? Well, sixty two to seven, and Tom Coughlin in the playoffs. That, that took care of that down um, in Miami. We're talking yes. with uh, Tommy Curran here, NBC Sports Boston. Tommy, you sort of talked about the continuity uh, that Bill O'Brien would bring to uh, to the offense if he was brought in as OC. Is that something that you think, in your opinion, is good for this team to sort of continue with the same kind of you know Belichick coaching tree guys? Or uh, maybe is this an opportunity to sort of break off and go a different direction? And is Bill would Bill be open to that? I think it's makes sense to do whatever the quarterback and coordinator feel comfortable with, with Bill's oversight. They tried to shelve what they had done previously to an extent. Kyrie noticed it very quickly in minicamp. And it continued, not only in terms of the wide zone runs that they hammered their head against the wall for for a majority of the summer, but also with the philosophical switch to say, let's take some more shots. And then they had to back off of that. Even though that Baltimore game, you can focus on the three picks, but the way Mac threw in that game, if you just roll the completions together, he looks friggin' good. That's the best he's looked in the NFL. And so it's there. If you can design things better, if you can get better protection for him, if you can have an offensive coordinator who orchestrates plays in a manner that's ahead of what was done this year, then I think you can go ahead with this offense. I don't think it's the offense. I think it's the coaching and the details and the game situation stuff that shines through even more. And again, maybe the offense would have sucked, but they never even got to find out because they couldn't get past the first level. 
Yeah, and I think that's the thing that, that trips me up because you were there too. I mean, we were seeing all of these issues that, we, that we've been seeing. We've been seeing them for months now, before the season even started, and you're just wondering why it's not getting any better. Now, we talked about the offense a lot here. Let's talk a little bit about, um, about the defense here. So this upcoming game against the Dolphins, they've lost their starting quarterback into a tongue of Iloa. The Patriots, however, have like no healthy <laughs> quarterbacks or no healthy cornerbacks, I should say, mm-hmm. which is a bigger issue in your mind. The corners, because exploiting the quarterback when it's Teddy Bridgewater is different from exploiting the quarterback when it's Sam Ellinger. Teddy Bridgewater is a professional. He's had plenty of success in the league. He is absolutely not a far cry from Tua in terms of a one-off. You're not going to build your franchise around Teddy Bridgewater because of age and injury history. But talent-wise, you're not looking at this massive drop-off between the two players by any stretch. I am a big Teddy Bridgewater guy. Um, and I don't think that that, to me, is going to be a huge obstacle or, or impediment to them succeeding. He will be rusty, but that cornerback matchup, he's going to still be able to throw out to Tyree Kill and slants to Jalen Waddle. And that, to me, is a big deal for the banged-up secondary to have to deal with. Uh, Tommy Curran joins us here on the program. Tommy, uh, just a little bit more on this uh, on this Dolphins matchup here. Obviously, this is a team that uh, Bill Belichick has had lots of trouble with. Going back to the Tom Brady days, especially these late-season games, I know they're not playing in Miami this weekend, but uh, why do you think over the last couple of years this team has been just so tough on the Patriots? Matchups, and I think Bill always lays on, you know, relies on that as his matchups, familiarity, AFC East um, familiarity, coaching familiarity, whether it's Josh Boyer or Brian Flores. That's really when it started. Brian Flores uh, got his head handed to him 43 to nothing at the beginning of the 2019 season. They won on the Miami Miracle later that year. And since then, I might be mistaken. I don't know if the Patriots have beaten them. It's not five straight, is it? No. They beat them once. Four straight. Four straight, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I think there's so much familiarity with Boyer, with Flores, with you know, Jerry Shaplinski was down there, I believe, as well. So um, there's that familiarity that I think plays into it and the weather and just the talent on the field. You know, if you look at what the Patriots tried to do defensively this year personnel-wise, a lot of it was to address – what Buffalo was doing, but if they didn't think Miami was already its equal or superior, they should have. And and all of the things they did trying to get faster does address what Miami brings just as much as Buffalo. Last one for me, Tom. Um, I love Ramondre Stevenson. Most of us love Ramondre Stevenson. These last couple of games have been have been tough. Not necessarily from a number standpoint against the Raiders, but the way things have ended with the lateral and then and then the fumble. I get how how much has this ending of the season kind of changed perception about where he is as a player and perhaps brought up concerns about man I mean he's he's one of your best players but I mean can you count on him at the ends of these games I'll take a guy like Jalen Brown who would drive me absolutely berserk for about the first however long until this year I would pound my head on the coffee table and say, when will it stop? When will he stop leaving his feet, dribbling off his knee, trying to go through three people and playing my turn offense? And 
little by little, percentage after percentage, he's eliminated it. So that now when he falls down going backwards up the court, it's the outlier. The basic point I'm trying to make is talented players who try hard are going to get better. And that's what's going to happen with Stevenson. Those were wholly preventable mistakes. I mean, he kind of should have gone down. The flip over the head is obviously the dumbest thing anybody's ever seen compounded by what Myers did. But I, I would have no reservations at all about saying Ramondre Stevenson's the running back here. We feel good about it. All right, we'll leave it right there then. Tommy Curran, thanks so much for the time today. Always good to talk with you. All right. Happy New Year, boys. You too. Thank you so much, Tommy. Tommy Curran, NBC Sports Boston there uh, joining the program. 617-779-7937 is the phone number. I see uh, calls lined up. We'll get to you right after this. Three forty-six here, Sports Radio WEEI. Christian Arkan, Kyrie Thompson. I want to say thanks again to Tommy Kern for joining us in that last segment. So we get to your phone calls, and we'll do just that right now. It's six one seven 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 nine seven ninety three seven. Let's go ahead and do this diplomatically. John in the car has been waiting the longest. Go ahead, John. Hey guys, what's going on? How you doing? How you doing? Hey, so you know, like this whole Bert Breer report is kind of mind-numbing. Like, like we all know that the offensive coordinator position in England is, is probably like. Up for uh, up for grabs, and Bill O'Brien might be a candidate. But now, like because he also might not be a candidate, like so now we have this. Bert I don't know. Breer never said he, he wasn't a candidate. Also, he just talked about the other teams uh, that might uh, want he, him. That's all. He, right. So he's speculating that he might be a candidate elsewhere too. And it's like, oh well, he could go, could go here, could go here. It's like, man, this. It's like social media. And sorry, Kyrie. Like it's not all the beat reporters, but it's guys like. You know Ben Violin, Ben Ben Violin, and and Bert Breer. That it's like the speculative crap. Okay, John, you think he just like made up those two report. two teams out of the clear blue sky? You think he just like pulled those two names out of a hat? No, because it's the lowest rung of journalism. It's like what do you know about the rungs of journalism, you bozo? It's it's not that I don't think that I mean, Bert Breer was just saying uh, I'm going to come up with two random teams that uh, O'Brien may also go to. I think that there was some informed speculation there. I mean, I think that's what Breer does. I mean, come on, you might yeah, not like I mean, him, fine, but I mean, it's it's the an, lowest rung. I mean, that's that's what journalism is. I mean, it's well, I don't know if we want to want to say that, but I mean, look, it, it's a, it's informed speculation. We all do it to a certain extent. Um, though again, there there are limits to what you know we're, we you know should feel comfortable about saying when we don't know all the facts. And look, I, I think that this happens a lot, right? You look at guys that I mean, this happens with quarterbacks. It happens with head coaches and, and all the time. You look at who's connected to who, and you say, okay, well that might make sense because they're connected right. to this guy, or you know, uh, you know maybe. Uh, you know, Mike v- Mike Vrabel might want Bill O'Brien there because hey, they you know might you might have coached under O'Brien or you know might have been here while he was in New England. I mean, there there are any number of reasons why because the NFL is a lot like that. They're, this league is built on relationships, so I can I can understand it. At the same time, like yeah, I'm not going to necessarily be all like, oh, those are the only three places that Bill O'Brien might possibly end up because he knows a guy there. I mean. You still got to go through the process, and and I mean, you you never know. I do think that that uh you know Tom E's, you know what what he was saying about the family situation. Right. Look, I, I feel like he was hammering that into the point where, and I that feel was like also informed pretty, speculation yeah, too. By the way, yeah, it, it is. I feel like that right there. I mean, the the way that that's been discussed, not just by Tom but by others. Ben Violin. <laughs> also, also Ben Violin, love it. 
Um, but uh, I feel like that's a pretty compelling reason. So I don't know. I, I think that I'm definitely on the lookout for Bill O'Brien to end up here. But it, but again, it's not like they can do it this week. It's not going to happen this week. It, we got to wait a little while for right. this to marinate. And these are teams that not only are probably going to be in the in the mix or in the hunt for a new offensive coordinator or any offensive coordinator, but also have a connection to Bill O'Brien. And I'm sure that Breer is, uh, at the very least, looked into it a little bit before he threw those names out there. I would guess. I mean, just, I'm a fan of Burt. I'm not going to pretend like I'm not. I, I don't know. I don't know every single step he takes in his journalistic uh, endeavors, but I'd imagine he checks off all the boxes. Anyway, uh, Jim is in Newburyport. Go ahead, Jim. Hey, how are you doing, guys? Doing great, Jim. How are you doing? Hey, uh, something I've been watching out for like five or six years, and I think that the problem is much deeper with uh, Coach Belichick. You know, I had a great run, but I'm wondering not just the coaches, but to some extent players, can he actually attract a new era of coaches? I mean, traditionally, you know, we've heard all kinds of stories about how hard he works as coaches, extreme hours. They basically have to give up any family life to work for. Right. They're not exactly paid the best. And even players, and, and I'll tell you what player, you know, a number of years ago really kind of perked my interest in this, was Chris Long, because he came here, mm. literally kicked butt, got a ring, and couldn't wait to clean out his locker and get out of here. So I'm wondering if the, the problem with coaching is that the younger, modern coaches – are not going to work for him and sacrifice everything they have in their life for a coach that every time they coach up a player, he doesn't want to pay him anymore and gets rid of him. And we're even starting to see that with some of the players now. It's like, uh, do I really want to go and work there? I mean, you know, 10, 15 years ago when they were crushing teams all along the you know, all Sure, the but Jim, they also uh, they paid a lot of money for all those wide receivers and tight ends that they got. Thanks for the call, but I mean, you can still get players there, and you can still get coaches there. Coaches want to coach in the NFL, especially young college coaches that get an opportunity. They're not going to say no because it's Bill Belichick. In fact, I'd say, considering that Bill's kind of on the clock just from an age perspective, if I'm a young coach and I get the call saying, hey, we want you to come be the offensive coordinator here in New England and learn under Bill Belichick, I would assume I'm getting groomed to take over that job. I know I just was sort of talking about this with O'Brien, but like, wouldn't that be a consideration that you would have if you were some young coach? I would. It's interesting because it's like, is it, maybe you're wondering if, is it worth it? Because I think that in, in this case, if you're getting a chance to learn under Bill Belichick and you have an opportunity, like, hey, maybe I and there, there's no obvious air here. Mm-hmm. Like, if I make a good impression, maybe I could stick around. I think there are also some people that are that are looking at this situation and saying, do I want to come here and basically be okay? I'm the offensive coordinator, but Bill Belichick is like I can't do anything without his say. So I don't get to be Josh McDaniels. You know what I mean? Like I don't get to be the head right. coach of the offense. And the other thing too is that. When you look at the way this team has been structured from from a coaching standpoint, at least to me, they they build in so they get you know young guys, you know a lot of graduate you know assistants kind of coming in or or guys are coming in through fellowship programs and they work their way up and they work their way up and then they eventually get a chance to to run the show. That kind of takes a little while. I feel like you don't see a lot of young coaches being brought in from other places. They are brought up through this pipeline, yeah, and then. 
you, you look at what they just did this last year. Instead of being like, oh, yeah, let's go ahead and get a young offensive coordinator with fresh ideas, they decided to roll with Matt, Patricia, and Joe Judge. I know. So I feel like, in a way, we can even we could talk about those hypotheticals, but that's not even what's being borne out. And so Bill O'Brien kind of makes logical sense in terms of, okay, at least he's been here before, he's experienced, and, and I feel like that even sometimes makes sense with the way they build teams. They kind of like their seniors and their old rookies. You know what I mean? Yeah. They like their, their their experienced guys, and you're not necessarily seeing a ton of like, oh, yeah, this guy is a true junior coming out of college. We're going to take a shot on him. So I, I feel like there's a value placed on on trust and experience and like you're my guy, I brought you up, I know what you do. And, and so – Maybe if, if if a young coach had an opportunity to come in, maybe I could see that. But I don't even know if they feel like they've got that with the way that Bill Belichick does things. Yeah, maybe not. You know, careful what you wish for too. We're all sitting here like, ah, you know, Patricia, get rid of him. Uh, go get some young coach. Before you know it, Bill hires like the lacrosse coach from the Colorado School of Mines or something, and like <laughs> he's running the offense now. You know, I mean, because, honestly, because he knew somebody through like you know, oh yeah, I know this guy who knows this guy, yeah. and then you know, he's he's him uh, and Steve played pickleball together in school. One, or something. one time, he's like, <laughs> you know, this guy, he's got some really interesting thoughts on football. Oh yeah, bring him in. And you know what? This is a, this is a, another good point from the text line. This is something we've talked about. Yeah, Chris Long and guys like that were willing to come in and and put up with it for a year and all this whole no fun thing and right. and whatnot because they knew they were getting a ring at the end of it. And they did. Okay, <laughs> it, They did because they had Tom Brady, and Tom mm-hmm. Brady was going to take you to the promised land. You ain't going to the promised land right now if you're New England. That no longer exists. Yeah, Bill's not taking you there himself. Uh, 617-779-7937. That's your phone number. Quick break. When we come back at the top of the hour, um, some thoughts on uh, Bill Belichick. And his future, if in fact they get knocked out, thank you. If in fact they uh, get knocked out by the Dolphins this weekend and are eliminated from playoff contention, I think it's time to have a frank discussion about the future of Bill Belichick and a couple of expatriates, one in particular who had uh, some interesting comments on the difference between his current coach and Bill Belichick, things that maybe uh, Bill doesn't do quite as well as uh, this guy's uh, current coach right now. We'll get into all of that next hour. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.